Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 415, session number 128 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast every single Friday, and I'm going to do it again here today. And today, I do actually have that cup of coffee sitting in front of me that I talk about because I always say I want these sessions, these Ask Scott sessions, to be like you and me sitting down at the local coffee shop and just discussing business and life and uh, yeah, just having that great conversation. So that's what I want to do here today and I do have that uh, cup of coffee. I'll prove it to you. You want to hear it for a second here? I don't know. Could you hear that? That that nice, delicate sip of the coffee? Can you hear that? It's out of a ceramic mug today. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of weird, but all right. So Here's what we're going to be talking about today. I always like to give you guys, uh, you know, those questions that we're going to be talking about. Protecting my brand ideas, okay? This is, or my, protecting my product ideas, uh, rather. Uh, Someone had a question about that. Choosing the right keywords. What are the right keywords? What are the ones that I should be using? And then hiring help. When? And, you know, what should I be hiring it, you know, for or people for? And then battling overwhelm. That's a big one by the way. Big one is overwhelm. I think we all face that. But that's what we're going to be talking about today. I also wanted to give you my thought of the day or the week that is. And this is something that I published on Instagram. If you guys are not following me on Instagram, head over to Instagram and search for at Scott Volker. You'll find me. And uh, that's where I'm just posting random stuff, but stuff like this. Learning and knowing is not enough. You need to take action. And I actually took part of that from another quote that someone else had written. And really it was more about like learning and knowing isn't enough or something like that. And you need to actually put it into into action or put it into place. So it really was close to what I really believe in because this right here truly is the big thing, okay, for a lot of people. They learn, they consume, they, they listen to the podcast, they go to the workshops, they go to the webinars, they go to another one, and then they might even do a, an event, a live event, and they learn, and they learn, and they consume, and they consume, but they don't spend enough time on taking action. So I want you to ask yourself something right now. Are you spending more time learning than you are taking action? And I don't care if taking action means you just actually took something that you learned and put it into place, like one little thing that could be, I'm going to do product research right now, sit down for an hour and do it. Like, did you do that? Did you learn something and maybe a different approach and then you you did that? Did, did you do that? Because if you just did that and then you go, okay, cool, I'm going to do that and then you go on to something else. Keyword research, boom, you go on to keyword research. Oh, listing optimization, mm, I'm going to go on to that. And then, you know, are you on to everything but you haven't went back and actually started? Like that's the big thing that I see people struggling with. And that's where that overwhelm comes in is where people think they have to do it all right now. And you guys have heard me say this time and time again, and I'm not going to stop saying it because it's so true. You don't have to know everything right now. You have to learn what you need to learn now, just in time learning. I picked that up from my good friend, Pat Flynn, and take action on that. Like learn something now that you need to know right now for this phase and then do it. Like take action on that. Like that's it. All right. Because results come from actions. Then you can adjust from those results and you can also learn what to do the next time if it didn't work or maybe it didn't work as good, or maybe you just learned something from going, going through that process. 
There's so many things that happen from taking action. So you guys know I'm a big take action guy, right? Like that's what we need to do here. So learning and knowing is not enough, okay? You need to actually put it into place and take action on those lessons, just like things that you're learning here on the podcast. I don't want you to spend all the time just consuming and learning. I want you to actually take something and then turn it off and I want you to go do it. Okay. Because then I know you're going to be emailing me with a success story eventually, even if it's a small win. Okay. Celebrating those small wins are really, really important to me. And for you to be able to go out there and get a result after you've done something is going to motivate you to keep going. And that's really, really important. All right. And a lot of this is happening on our Facebook group. I want to mention our Facebook group because we just crossed 50,000 people in that community. And I don't say just people. I'm talking people that are interested in building a lifestyle business and using Amazon primarily as the launch platform. All right. That is our Facebook group, our TAS Facebook group. If you're not a part of that, be a part of it and go over there and uh, just request to join. And it's totally free. It's a resource there for you to be able to learn from other people that are asking questions or maybe they've already asked questions and you can just use the search field and search for your topic of what you want information on and then uh, and then learn from that, all right? So go over there, check it out, theamazingseller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy. And the last thing I want to mention, actually two things I want to mention before we jump into today's first question is number one, if you are brand new to the show or if you want to ask a question in an upcoming Ask Scott session, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and you can do that. You can leave me a voicemail there, leave your first name, where you're tuning in from, and then the brief question and I'll do my best to air it on an upcoming show. The other thing I want to mention is, again, if you're new or if you wanted a condensed version of how to get started with your first product and get it launched on Amazon, okay, you're going to want to go to one of our workshops, okay? I do these live workshops. You can register for an upcoming one by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, and that'll take you to the upcoming workshops where we go over exactly how to do that. And I condense it down, all of these episodes that I've done, I really condense it all down to five phases, and I walk you through all five phases. We go through product selection, we go through sourcing, we go through the pre-launch, we go through the launch, and then we go through promotion. And everything is discussed and everything is outlined there. It's kind of like your little roadmap that I do in about 90 minutes. So definitely go check that out if you're interested or if you've been to one of those and you want to come back and hang out and maybe we'll answer one of your questions there or a few of your questions there. We always hang out for live Q&A there as well. So theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. All right. So what do you say, guys? I'm fired up. Got the coffee in hand. You guys are here. Let's go ahead and listen to today's first question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. This is Angel from Orlando, Florida. I have a question for you. But before that, I want to personally thank you for all the hard work and support that you give to the community. I personally uh, appreciate not only the coaching, the motivation, but inspiration. So the question is, after listening to you for about a year now, I finally came up with this uh, product that I want to private label. I already have uh, the image done through Fiverr. Now I'm stuck on how to pick the supplier. Um, so I have no clue. I'm thinking Alibaba, AliExpress, or Made in China. 
sending my my idea to some one of them, but I'm afraid that they might copy or might steal it. But um, so that's why I'm reaching out to you to see if you can give us some guidance on how once you have that idea on paper, how to get to pro to production. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Well, hey, Angel, what is up? Thank you so much for the question and thank you so much for being a listener. And uh, I really do appreciate it. Um, I did want to also send out uh, a little bit, depending on when you're listening to this, but you know, we just had a major hurricane and I know Florida was uh, the one that was hit really, really bad. Uh, so I just want to send my thoughts and prayers out to everyone in Florida. My father who lives in Florida uh, actually had to relocate a few different times. First, it was going to be hitting where he lives, which is near Orlando. And then from there, it moved to where it was definitely going to be hitting in Tampa. He had already stationed himself in Tampa um, because he knows um, someone there. And then from there, he went and relocated back up towards I think Clearwater, and so he was all over the place trying to dodge this thing or get into the, I guess, the safest location. So um, it was definitely close to home here for us. We didn't get much here in the Carolinas. Uh, we got a little bit of wind, uh, actually, the time I'm recording this uh, last night, uh, which was pretty aggressive, but uh, no trees down that I am aware of and anywhere's in my yard, so we're good. But we did have some high winds and uh, some rain, so uh, I just want to send my, my thoughts and prayers out to everyone um, that did experience that, and I'm wishing you guys all the best. Okay, so let's dig into this question, and I've had this question before, and here's the here's the thought process for a lot of people, okay, is I've got this product, I'm going to make my product better, okay, and I'm going to send it to a supplier, and then they're going to copy my idea, and they're going to sell it to other people. Now, is that a valid concern? Mm, maybe. Okay, maybe, but probably not. Here's the deal. And I forget where I read this, but uh, or found out this this uh, this statistic. But like 99% of the products that are out there in in the, you know, online or offline or just regular physical product space are not new products, right? There's going to be products that you put your spin on that will make it unique to you or to the individual, right? I get it. But you're always going to run the risk, whether you send it to a supplier or not, that someone could knock that off. Unless you have a patent on that, uh, you know, a utility patent, whatever, right? And you've got that locked down. And even if you have a patent on that, there's no guarantees that someone is not going to rip you off. And if they do rip you off, you have to fight it in court. And then it's going to cost you thousands upon thousands of dollars for you to defend your patent. So, should you be worrying about this? In my estimation and in, in, my, in my experience, no, okay? I, I wouldn't personally be worrying about this. Um, I ran into the same exact thing with my, my new partner in our new brand and they were concerned. They're like, you know, we're sending this thing out. We've got, you know, different things that we're adding to it. They're just gonna go ahead and duplicate it and sell it to other people. And you know what? The answer that I gave that person is yes, that can happen. Are we going to worry about it? No. Why aren't we going to worry about it? Because we're going to market it better. We're going we're gonna to create our, our unique selling proposition and we're going to market it better and we're going to create a better brand. We're going to create a better experience. It's not just about the product. It's about also the customer experience and doing the best job that you can to make them a raving fan. All right, now not all products are going to work this way, but if you're talking about a unique product, 
that is going to be designed specifically for your ideal customer, then you probably are the brand they're going to want to follow because you know the market better than everyone else, right? Because there was problems with product A and you made product B, your product better, right? So to me, I would be more focused on and putting my energy on how am I going to A, build up a raving fan base with an email list, social you know, media, uh, you know, influencers, like, how am I going to do that? Like, that's where my energy would be spent because it's not going to matter if someone knocks you off. Okay. Here's a perfect example. If someone takes my garlic press and they rip it off and they go on Amazon and they start to sell that, that thing. Okay. And they might even, you know, do a great listing optimization on the thing, but they don't build an email list. They don't push external sales. Uh, they don't have a social presence. They don't do uh, maybe video lessons showing how to use it better. They don't show other customers using it on their social media platforms. They're not doing any of that stuff. I'm doing all that stuff. Who do you think has a better chance of beating them? Okay. The, the reason I can is because I have the, I have the ability to spike sales anytime I want. And we just went through this on a recent episode where I shared with you guys how we were able, actually it was the last episode, I shared with you how we were able to get our our people from our list to actually share it on another big group, okay? And then from there, sales are flooding in and I didn't even have to touch my email list. Now I've got my email list I can touch, I've got my Facebook page and my group that I can touch, and it may, again, get picked up by another group because one of my email subscribers may share it again, okay? So I have the power and the leverage of doing that anytime. And, and, and as we build our brand, we're focusing more on that than I am about, I got to make sure that my supplier is on board and they're not going to you know make that for anyone else. Now, can I maybe put a little bit of maybe a scare into my supplier and letting them know that I have a, maybe like a, a, a patent pending on it. And that may be something that you may want to do as well is you may want to file for your patent. And now for the next 12 months, you are patent pending. And I think you can even extend that for another six to eight months, maybe even a little bit longer, you know, and this way here that buys you a little bit of time, right? You have a patent pending, Basically, anybody can get a patent pending for the most part. So maybe you do that. Cost you two, 300 bucks to get a patent pending. So that's an option, all right? So that's what I would do. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I'd get a patent pending. I might tell my supplier, listen, I've got a patent on this I'm, or a patent that's pending on this and uh, I would appreciate it if you would uh, you know, make this only for our company and I'm trusting in you, in you that you'll do that. You know, and, and that's it. Or maybe you don't even bring it to their attention. Okay. Sometimes you don't even need to bring that to your attention because then other people are going to have to find your product, take your product, send it to that manufacturer and then duplicate it. All right. I think that a lot of times people worry about things that you can't control versus things that you can control. You can control building your marketing channel better. You can do your social media. You can build your brand. You can do all that stuff. You're in control of that. That's just up to you. That's, that's about consistency. That's about uh, patience. That's about just going out there and putting in the work. But for you to sit there and lie awake at night worrying that your supplier is going to give your, your uh, product to someone else, I think that's just wasted bandwidth um, personally. All right, so I don't want to be harsh here, but I am kind of a little bit. I think you should be focusing on other things. That's what I think. And anyone else that's thinking about this. All right, so uh, 
there's that. Hope that didn't turn into a rant, but hey, I'm giving it to you because I care, man. I care. All right. So, all right, let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. This is Ali from London. First of all, I want to thank you so much for what you're doing and I wish you all the best. I've been a listener since the start of this year and your podcasts have helped me so much. I'm launching my first product in the UK marketplace and I have three people in the category I look up to. One of them is the top seller which has around 1,020 reviews and which I which I will not be competing with as he is selling a very cheap product price-wise and low quality. He is selling around 100, I mean at least 100 a day. Um, the other two have more similar product, products to what I'm launching with less, than, less, review, less reviews, like 150 reviews. Um, and they're selling 20 to 50 per day combined. I used a tool called Sonar by Selex to track what keywords these three products are ranking for. Uh, it gave me a lot of relevant keywords, more than 1,000 keywords combined. My question is, should I use the same keywords as they are exactly what I need and start a phrase or exact campaign rather than starting with broad campaign for PPC because they are proven to drive sales and also very, very relevant to my product. Um, keep up the good work and I'm looking forward to your reply. Thank you so much. Hey, Ali from London. What's up? Thank you so much for the question. And you guys know I love getting those questions from... Uh, you know, the international folks out there. So really appreciate that. I mean, heck, I appreciate getting them from everyone. But whenever I hear someone from like London, man, it's like, wow, that's a long ways away from my neighborhood. But uh, hey, thank you so much. And, you know, this is a great question. And I think for people to really understand this and yourself to understand this is we can kind of get an idea of what the keywords we think are the ones that might be driving sales. So there's two different things I want to talk about here. Number one, what are the keywords that's driving the sales? That's not going to be 100% easy to figure that out. And it might not even be the exact thing that is driving the sales. Okay, and we'll talk about that. The other thing is, is you talked about, you've got three competitors technically. Three people. That's, only, that's the only three people that you're, that you're competing with. One of them has a lower quality product, cheaper price. But my question here would be, does your product, because it's more expensive and it's a better product, is that going to take some of those sales away from those thousand? Are those people going to care that it's better? Okay. If you say yes, then okay, then we can tap into part of those thousand units that are being sold a month or whatever, and we could possibly grab some of those. Okay. But again, that person's selling the most, they've got the most reviews. It's going to be a hard, a hard, uh, you know, a hard nut to crack because they are already dominating and obviously people are still buying it, but that doesn't mean you can't take some of those sales, but it just means that a majority of those people will probably still buy from them unless you are going to have a thousand reviews. And if you're going to be able to rank right alongside them. Now, the other two that you said, they're a little bit more in range, right? But how many sales are they? You said 15 to 20. So I don't know if you said combined or if you said to, uh, separately, if you said separately, let's say it's 20 each. Okay. So that's 40 sales. So now you need to be able to rank 
right in there with those guys in order to grab 40 sales. Okay. And then out of those 40 sales, you may get, I don't know, maybe you'll get 10 of those sales. Maybe, maybe eight, because now people are going to have three choices, not including the first one. That would be four choices. So I'm not really seeing depth here, to be honest with you. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe there's not enough depth because there's not enough competitors. But if there was, I would think, this is my common sense kicking in here, is like the number one spot, cheap product, low ticket price, they're selling the most. Then you go to the second and the third, they're selling 15 or 20 a day. Let's call it 20 a day. So that's 40 sales combined between the two. That's all I got. I've got 1,040 sales. 1,040 sales between those three. That's all I've got. And a thousand of them are coming from the cheap product that's got a thousand reviews. So me personally, I would say it probably doesn't have enough depth in the market. And there's not enough proof there for me that if I go there and land a spot right below those guys that I'm going to grab any of those sales. Okay. Now what could happen is you could do exactly that. You could get ranked there, which would be easy to get ranked there because there's not a lot of competitors. You're going to optimize it well. You're going to probably build a launch list or you're going to go out to an influencer. You're going to get a, a you know an influx of sales and you're going to be able to rank there pretty easily. That wouldn't be that hard, okay, to, to land in the second or the third spot, okay? You start to get a few reviews, no problem. But the question is, at that point, is your product so good that the people that are the, the competitor that's got a thousand reviews that's selling a thousand a month? If, if that competitor, if, if you're right under them and if they see your product, if they're going to buy your product instead of the other, other one, because yours is so much better, that's something I can't answer that could happen, but my gut tells me that probably won't be the case. Sure. You could grab some of those, but it doesn't mean that you're going to grab maybe what you think. The other thing is if someone sees a thousand reviews and they see 10 reviews, they're going to go with a thousand reviews, especially if you, now you're competing against reviews. So that would be my thoughts on that. I would rethink this. Um, and I would also maybe look at the keywords that you're looking at. If you're finding that your keyword that you're searching for is let's say garlic press and you're looking and that's the results you see. But if you went stainless steel, garlic press, you're going to see maybe 10 results. Then we may be able to see more depth because now it's not just a garlic press. People are searching for, they're looking for a stainless steel garlic press. And that would be the keyword you would want to target going into your next question which was what keywords do I want to use? I'm looking at my competitors and it looks like their, um, their top three keywords are X, Y, and Z, right? Let's say garlic press, stainless steel, garlic press, and long handle garlic press. Those are the three. But how do you know, even though we have tools out there that can say, and they can give us a guesstimate of how many sales are being generated through a keyword, that's uh, kind of really hard for me to judge anything on that information. Okay. So I don't know that you should base your decision on a keyword by how well it's ranking and, and how well they're ranking for it. Because like I said, if they're anything like I am and like we are in our new brand, you're not going to be able to tell that because our sales are not necessarily coming in from everything organically within Amazon. We're driving external sales um, every single day that you're not going to pick up on a keyword. It's just not going to happen because people didn't search for it and found it. So everyone is basing their decision on Amazon and, and I'm going to search for stainless steel garlic press and that person that's selling the most stainless steel garlic presses, all their sales are coming organically from, from Amazon. And that's not the case. Some are coming from sponsored product ads. Some are coming organically. Some are coming from outside channels, right? So 
I wouldn't base my decision on that. That's something that you're going to know probably five to 10 keywords. And those are the ones that I would go with, but I would not base my decision on, oh, if I can rank for stainless steel garlic press, I'm going to get exactly the number of sales they are because that's the one that they're, they're ranking for. And that's the one that all their sales are coming through. That's not what I would do. All right. So hopefully that answers your question. That was kind of like a two-parter. I know you didn't ask for too much of the product depth area there, but I think that's worth mentioning. All right. So I would definitely look at those numbers. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to one more question for today. We'll, uh, we'll wrap this baby up and you guys can get on with your day. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, Scott, this is Adam. Uh, I met you a couple weeks ago in Fort Lauderdale at the TAS meetup. Um, it was really fun. Uh, I'm shouting out from West Palm beach, Florida. Now, Scott, I have two big questions for you. Um, one, right now, I'm kind of getting bogged down with just having so much to do in my business, you know, whether it be launching the product, sourcing it, advertising, pay-per-click, um, you know, product, detail page, pictures, wh- whatever it may be. It's, it's kind of becoming overwhelming. I was just wondering, um, do you use any VAs or any help um, in order to really help you run your business because I'm pretty sure that you're not doing this all by yourself and it's it's very difficult to I could imagine and do you have any tips to uh, hire VAs or like when should you know when to hire etc so that's my first question second question is Scott do you think it's it's too risky for um uh, for me or anyone else that's in private label to reach out to uh, YouTube influencers or Instagram or whoever with the with a lot of followers and have them uh, review the product or ask them to review the product before you even have the launch completely ready. Like for example, right right now I'm in the sourcing stage, but it's um, I'm not sure like. If I'll be ready, let's say for a person with a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand subscribers, in order to, uh, for that influx of traffic from a YouTube video, I'm not sure if I would be ready for that on my first launch. Do you think that's a good idea? Should I do it? Um, yeah, that's my question. Thank you. Hey, Adam, thank you so much for the question. And it was nice meeting you as well in Fort Lauderdale. It's been a while. Um, this, this S Scott recording was recorded a little while ago, as you can tell, because I was in Fort Lauderdale, uh, a few months back. So, um, anyway, I just wanted to say it was nice meeting you and thank you so much for, um, for coming up and saying hello and, and having a conversation. It was, uh, it was really, really awesome. Um, but okay, let's kind of talk about this. And this is something I do like to talk about because, uh, number one, you know, we can, let, let's talk about overwhelm first. Okay. And I know I was going to talk about the first of like hiring people. And then I was going to talk about overwhelm, but I'm going to talk about overwhelm first because people think that the time to hire people is when you're overwhelmed. And that's, that's not the case at all. Here's what I want you to do, Adam, or anyone else that's listening, that's feeling overwhelmed. I want you to put these tasks and these, these, these things that you need to do into buckets. Okay. I want you to maybe even just take a piece of paper and just maybe draw out, you know, like different buckets. Okay. Or just maybe boxes. Okay. They're your buckets. What has to happen right now? Forget about everything else that maybe, you know, maybe that you learned at, you know, 
at the event that you just attended or a workshop that you attended or any of that stuff, where are you right now? Do you need to still pick your product? If that's the case, then you're in bucket one. You're in phase one. That's why I do like five buckets, right? I got five phases, all right? Because that's what it takes to launch. Like I don't worry about all that other stuff until I actually have to deal with it, until I have to learn about it. So, you know, you need to break this down and you need to think about where you're at. Now, you had said, well, you know, Scott, you know, you don't do this anymore as far as like you don't do all of the, the all of the steps that it takes to launch a product. And you're sort of right, but not 100%. I still do a lot of the process, all right? And I'm fortunate that I have a partner now, actually, I've got a couple of partners, Chris Schaefer being one of them in this new brand, where we can kind of like take the tasks that we're good at and that we need to do, and we can focus on those and others can do the other stuff, okay? But here's the deal. I know how to do all the different steps. So for me, if I didn't have those partnerships, the first thing I would say is number one, if I'm going to do this alone, I'm probably going to have my listing optimization done for me. I'm going to hire that out. So I'm not going to hire someone fully on my team. I'm going to hire someone to do one job. Okay. So it's going to be, let's, let's go ahead. I'm going to hire Karen Thaxton. I'm going to have her come in. I'm going to have her do my title. I'm going to have her do my bullets. She can do all the research too. Backend keywords, all that stuff. And going to give me a good base. That doesn't mean that I'm set there. I'm hundred percent. I have to stick with that, but that's going to get that part done. I don't have to worry about it. I just write a check. Okay. It's part of the business process, right? If you build a business, you're not going to go in, you know, you're not going to go out and buy a 60 inch inkjet printer to print your banners that go on the front of your store, right? You're not going to learn how to do the graphics on the front of that banner of your new store that you just opened down the block. You're going to go to the printing company. You're going to hire someone to do it. You're going to cut them a check. Like that's the same thing. That's the, that's the mindset that you have to think about this if you don't want to do those things. Now, me in the beginning, I did all those things. I come from a, a graphic uh, design background, self-taught by the way, um, photography, that was my background, right? So I built off the strengths that I already had. You probably already have strengths that you can then use in your business. But I think it's important to learn all of those different phases, especially in the beginning, because when you want to hire it out, you know exactly what those tasks are going to take. And then you can, even if you want to take it one step further and you can record yourself doing a task and then give them that task to do. Okay. You can hire a VA out a lot easier than that. A VA for anyone that's new, virtual assistant, someone that does like, it's like a general contractor that has subcontractors. That's basically what we're talking about here. It's virtual assistants, VAs. We throw that around like everyone knows what it is. And I know that some of you don't, but that's what it is. The other thing is like in product research, I think that's your job. I think you need to do that. Like everything that we launch comes to me. Like I may not go out there and have to do the digging as much now, but what I do is I'll always take that and I'll run it through my little criteria. And the criteria I've given you guys, I've went through my criteria and I've shown you how I, I, I look at depth and demand and I look at trends and I look at all that stuff. Um, so uh, I definitely you know, still do that process. I actually enjoy doing that process and it also makes me feel good about the product that we're going to be launching because I know the potential that it has by looking at this. All right. So that's one skill set I think that everyone should have and I don't think you should sub that out at all. Okay. Um, but then when you get into the other stuff, creating your logo, yeah, you don't have to do that. Actually, I've just partnered with, um, outline Matic. 
Um, again, uh, great resource. Um, they'll do uh, your packaging for you. They'll connect you with their designers. So this way here, they can do your logo. They can do your packaging. They can give you ideas on what would look good, what won't look good. They'll give you pointers and tips. Like, so I would definitely recommend those guys. I'll throw a little plug in here, theamazingseller.com forward slash graphics. They're also on my resources page. And um, I've used them and they are doing a really great job for a lot of TASers right now since I've mentioned them. I can't recommend them enough. They're uh, they're really, really good outfit. So uh, again, like, you know, when you get to that part, maybe packaging, you're going to hire that out and have them do it. Yes, you're going to have to contact your supplier. Again, I don't think I would have someone do all that outreach and have them contact the supplier and stuff like that. You got to do that. All right, that's something that I think you have to do, but you only have to do that when you get past phase one of the product selection phase, right? Don't get overwhelmed with contacting the supplier and the freight forwarding and all that stuff. Wait on that, okay? Take a deep breath, go back to your list. What's in bucket one? Before you worry about bucket two, you, you, don't, you don't go there yet, right? Not until you get there, okay? Don't get too far ahead of yourself. So I would say the time to hire is when that's not your expertise. You know what needs to be done, meaning I need graphics created. I need a photographer. Like if you're not good at those things, those are pretty important pieces to this whole thing. Those you want done right. For you to, to take time to reach out, I've given you a template. Everyone that's been you know listening to the podcast, I've given you the template that I've used to uh, contact suppliers you know, just modify it to, to what you want it to say. And then you communicate back and forth. Like that's, that's your deal. You got to do that. Okay. But then when it comes time to, well, the stuff is going to come in, we're going to go ahead and get it into Amazon. That's again, something you're going to, you're going to do. You can hire a freight forwarding company to help you with that process. That's the freight forwarding company. Okay. That you, that you can use, you can use your manufacturers or you can just go ahead and use Flexport, uh, which I've talked about in there on my resources page as well. All right. A lot of people have used them and very happy with them. So again, I don't overcomplicate the process and anything that I do. I always look at what needs to be done right now in order to get to the next phase or the next bucket in this case. All right. So I would recommend that you or anyone else listening that's feeling overwhelmed. Number one, take a deep breath, relax. You know, you're going to figure this thing out, but you have to do it one step at a time, one chunk at a time. All right. And one bucket at a time. So break down everything. I want you to sit down with a pad of paper and I want you to draw that out. And I want you to write in each box what you need to do in each phase. And then just start going through that one at a time and don't move on until you've crossed one of those things off your list. All right. And that's it. And then once you get through that, then you can say, all right, now I'm going to start looking to get this thing done or this job done because I don't want to do it and I don't know how to do it because I'm not good at it. Okay. And then that's where you can actually implement a VA. All right. So overwhelm, it's a big deal. I get it. Um, I've been there. I still get there and I still have to go back to basics and go, all right, Scott, take a deep breath, relax. Let's break this thing down. And then I sit down with the notepad, we break it out and then we execute. Okay. And we take action. All right. So that's what we do. And then to address your last question, uh, really about like, when's it the right time to reach out to influencers? Like when's the right time to build that launch list? And, you know, should I worry about it? If, a if, a you know, subscribe or a, um, Instagram page has a hundred thousand and I'm afraid that I'm going to get too many sales. Like 
I wouldn't be worrying about that. Number one, you shouldn't be worrying about any of that yet until you are through like those beginning stages anyway. I say the pre-launch phase, that's kind of like the third phase. That's when you start worrying about building out those extra like channels or doing the outreach for your, uh, you know, your, your upcoming launch. And I would not worry about the page being too big or, you know, them buying too much of my product. Like that's no, I would not be worried about that at all. If anything, I'd be wanting that. And then knowing that I have that at my fingertips when, and, uh, in, you know, how I want to use it is up to me, but when I want to use it, it's there. All right. So no, I would not worry about that. But again, I think you're a little, a little farther ahead than you should be. We got to get through those initial stages. And then we worry about this right here. And that's reaching out to influencers, building the email list and all of that stuff. All right. So that is pretty much going to wrap up this episode of Ask Scott. Went a little bit longer, a couple of rants today, uh, good rants, I hope. And, uh, you know, obviously out of out of, uh, you know, me caring for you guys and wanting you guys to succeed. But, um, you know, I feel strongly about a lot of these things. We, we, we tend to overcomplicate things and we tend to, uh, to kind of just bog ourselves down with things that don't necessarily have to be, you know, really thought about until we get to a certain, a certain stage in our business. All right. So, uh, let me remind you guys, the show notes to this episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 415. You can find them all over there. And the one thing I want to do here today is I want to ask you for a favor. If you have not subscribed to the podcast on iTunes and you are listening through your iPhone, if you're iPhone users, um, then could you do me a favor and just click subscribe if you haven't done so already, just click subscribe. So this way here, you can get all the updates directly to your phone. And it also does something cool for us here at the podcast is it gets us more visibility on iTunes. So this way here, you get all the notifications directly to your phone. And then we get a little bit of love in iTunes. So if you do that for me, that would be awesome. And I would really, truly appreciate it. All right. So that's it, guys. That's going to wrap up this episode. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast every single Friday. And I'm doing it again. <laughs> Ooh.